Hello, everyone. I have to admit that this podcast feels extremely important. After watching Katie's Hometowns, followed by a quick perusal of the Twitterverse, I've deduced that much like our friend Greg, Bachelor Nation is reeling in emotions. We are divided, dear listener, and social media dictates that you must choose. Are you team Greg or are you team Katie? Some guy in Austin and I debate back and forth trying to figure out what exactly happened as one of Katie's front runners decided to cease and desist from his journey to find love. We unpack a lot, including some guy in Austin's revelation that he is a show tunes guy. I hope you're entertained by the sneaky way I prove this midway through the episode. Also, I trust you will laugh along with me as I offer him five bucks to name the guy vying for Katie's heart who isn't Greg or Blake. Admit it, you have a hard time remembering his name right now. It's okay. You're not alone. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 225 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm here with some guy in Austin. And we have a whole bunch to talk about because... According to the Twitterverse, my friend, you are either Team Greg or Team Katie. We're going to have to just dissect. We're really going to do that. (laughs) Yes. What else are we supposed to talk about? How Blake uses syrup in the bedroom? No, thank you. I don't want to talk about that. Now I'm wishing that the the crack you just heard was not a a Diet Coke, but a beer can. I wish it was. Anyway, let's commence. Well, let's, by the way, if you had to pick a team, what what would it be? What would you be on? I see. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I I walked with Laura this morning, and because she's a lawyer, she had pros and cons for both sides because she was just trying to lawyer through it. And I thought, well, crap! I don't know what I think anymore because last night we had thoughts, and it was very much, "What is Katie doing? This is her fault." But now. I, I, I see both of them at fault, I think. Well, let me just pretend like I care for a second. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, it's such a weird thing. I felt because like, with him, I was like, dude, you're on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what happened. Let me just briefly, I'm going to do this very briefly, set the stage. We okay. have Greg at his hometown with his, his mom, brother, and friend, Michael Phelps. And now, he, for those people that don't watch, they get all their information from us. That's right. These aren't exactly hometowns, right? These are yes. These home- are pretend hometowns that are taking place at the resort, and they—I don't know—they played basketball and they rode a tandem bike and they pretend surfed, and then they had the ABC intern hold a water hose up to where they were pretending in the they were in the rain. And then they go meet his family and he tells his family over and over again, she's the one, this is real. I believe in it. I'm going to ask her to marry me. 
This is going to be great. I just need her to say she loves me and I'll be good. And so then he kind of vomits all of his feelings on Katie at the end of his time. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a five minute ordeal. He's crying. He Mm -hmm. is so emotional. It's in kind of a a joyful, relieved sort of way. And he's telling her, I love you. You're my future wife. We also learn also that he has never talked about his dad really to anybody else but Katie. So I think that's a milestone we need to mention. And and 2.3 million viewers or whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Katie's response to his flinging of feelings all in her face. Can Can I do it, please? Yes. So, so he spills, he, he vomits feelings and he just says, you know, I'm all in. And it was clear to me, and I think it is implied in your description of it, he thought it was over. He thought yeah. he's the one, he's closing the deal, you know, he's he's walked into the dealership, they're handing him the keys to mm. the new car, mm. mm-hmm. all he's got to do is sign the paperwork and he's out the door. That wasn't the case. And then he spills his feelings, <laughs> she looks right at him and she goes... I just love looking at you. <laughs> the change in his demeanor was oh palpable. It was yes. Amazing. I was going to use that exact word, palpable. Yeah. He physically is crying, literally crying tears, and has told her he loves her. Like you say, he's waiting for the green light. And she says, I just love looking at you, was yeah. her response after a very long pause. Yeah. His whole entire face changes. <laughs> and then she kind of goes on to say, this is so great. We have a great connection. And to, she she notices, to her defense, she notices. Because then she kind of says, you know, what's going on? But Greg's like, what do you think's going on? What do you think's wrong with me? Why do you think I'm acting this way? Because he's trying to figure out what has just yeah. happened. But listen, her noticing, I mean, that's like going to Arizona and noticing the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is impossible. True, true. Impossible but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is she points it out. In the moment, she points it out and she realizes, you're mad and I don't really understand why. Now, Greg never says, why didn't you respond in some sort of way? I've just sort of vomited all my feelings out on you and you don't say anything but I like the way you look or I like looking at you that's so random and so then she sort of kind of tries to brush it under the rug and she says well I guess it's time to go now and so they hold hands but then they get stuck in this darkened room they choose to stand in this darkened room and they're dumb for thinking that the cameraman's not right there plus they're mic'd so we can hear everything She's asking him, what is going on with you? And he keeps saying, I can't believe you're asking me that. I can't believe, you know, you've changed. This wall went up or something. And she's going, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to say. Her uttering that phrase over and over again was a nail in the coffin every single time. For her to say, I don't know what to say. Because that's all he wanted was for her to say something. You're special too. Yes, Yes. And so then they go outside. She still is thinking, what is happening? He is also thinking, what is happening? She says, give me a kiss and barely a peck. 
and then she gets mad and leaves. But then he goes and he visits her the next day, which, in my opinion, do you think that was him giving her a second chance? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let her sleep on it, and I'm going to go test the water again. And the same thing essentially happened. So my question to you is, what do you think is going on from Katie's perspective? Because like we just said, we believe all Greg needed was some sort of validation in any kind of way. Now, Katie saying things like, you're through to the next round and you are a front runner does not compute in his head because he still thinks of that as the game. And he keeps saying, I don't care about a rose. I don't care about being number one. We're about to get engaged. Shouldn't you know by now is his point. So what do you think is going on in Katie's mind at this point of the episode? I honestly don't know. Like, and that's, I'm not being facetious. I, to me, well, everyone watching was pretty obvious what he needed and you know by her reaction when she was through her tantrum and they had a you know golly is there any a better time for chris harrison and mm-hmm. he was there so they got caitlin but i mean when she threw her tantrum that was confusing to me because all she had to do to resolve the problem was just tell him you know i love you too or it's gonna be okay or you know we're on a show i can't say anything uh anything but I just don't know what to say to you. Mm-hmm. She sort of dug her own hole, but I thought her reaction was inconsistent with, you know, cause her, her failing to tell him, I love you seems to portend another result like Blake or somebody else winning. Mm-hmm. But then she just freaked out and wants to give everything up when he leaves. So I, I don't know what she's thinking. Yeah. You that know, was, what, what <laughs> I don't know. I, don't ask me. I, well, I no, ask me. I've got some thoughts, but they're all over the map because part of me was wondering, have they written something into the contract where they are forbidden for from telling somebody, hey, you're the winner. Don't That's worry about it. The Ben Higgins clause. <laughs> <laughs> True. Or, you know, I, it, what has happened with Claire where she just up and left the show and kind of put him in a bad situation. I don't know. Then I, then I started thinking, okay, what if she doesn't know if she loves him yet? And she's just not ready to say, I love you. And she should say that. Okay. And that's, that's his whole point though. He's saying, well, if you don't know you love me yet, then we're not on the same boat and this isn't right. Which isn't technically fair for, for Greg to say that. I, I, I will admit that that's not technically fair because she should be able to feel and say whenever she wants to feel and say. But like you said, I keep going back to the fact that she is saying, Greg is gone. I want a ticket to go home. However, she also said, when Michael left, I think my person just left the show. So that was interesting. Additionally, why is it that she doesn't, I mean, this may be in the contract too, you're a lawyer, but maybe she just can't pull a Colton and say, sorry, or Claire, however you want to say it, but, and say, yeah, you're the winner. I pick you. I pick you. And they just edit that out. Yeah. So you would have to think that that argument or whatever you want to call it clearly went on for hours at a time, right? Mm -hmm. if, If you just look at the 
where the sun is. <laughs> you can tell. <laughs> Um, so it, it looked like they did a whole lot of talking and just made zero progress. But the fact that it was long on TV, it had to be three, four, five, you know, ten times longer because they edit all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. But if they if they've got that much usable footage, then ten times that's on the editing floor. Mm-hmm. He could have said, you know, look, this is all about the show. I can't do this, and they could have chopped that. I don't know. Yeah, but whatever it is, she. You know, he threw a tantrum and she threw, threw a tantrum and he goes outside and he sulks and she says, just give me a hug, which is the worst thing. I don't know about oh, when I was in that mind, that place, the worst thing anyone could do is touch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone else said last night when we were watching, more than likely these dates were out of order And Greg went first or second and Blake was the one who went last. And they told Greg to go out on the balcony and see her reacting with Blake and kissing on Blake. So I'm sure that added a layer of, you know, disgust to him. But I think there was one point when he was saying fantasy suites are next week. What am I supposed to do? Just go make love to you and then hope I'm the last one standing. And I got to thinking, well... Katie, Katie is sex positive, and that might be a deciding factor on her tally board between, you know, him and Blake. So I, it was just a whole bunch of different, this is, I, I just think this is weird. I, I think Greg went into her room that second time to give her a chance to fix things that he thought yeah. she messed up. But like fumbling on the goal line, though. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. she really did want to be with him. I mean, she went from, you know, 100 miles an hour to a dead stop in, you know, one sentence. Yep. Um, So I I don't know. Like, I'm not on anybody's team. Like, I hate that saying anyway. But I, I think he, to be fair to him, he did what every woman says on the show that she wants, which is, I just want a guy who, you know, to be really honest and upfront and real and show up and, you know, whatever other cliche, but the gist of every bachelorette's um, soliloquy when she's talking about what she wants is she wants an honest guy that's super into her that can tell her how he feels. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what Greg did. Okay. If you had to be a lawyer and flip that, what did Greg do wrong? I think he told her exactly how he felt. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, no, I mean, I'm not... it's like, a, you know, Katie was like a dog catching a car that it's chasing, you know? It's like, uh-oh. Um, I don't think she expected it to that degree. I do think there was an element of the show in there where she's not supposed to say or do anything. And I think, you know, she she rode that horse certainly too hard. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he went all in. I mean, he, he went all in on the blackjack table and, you know, she didn't bite and – he his reaction to that, I think, prevent. I think he to as I think out loud, his reaction to that caused an escalation of the emotion of the situation, and I think led to both of them being emotionally ill-equipped to handle the. Mm. They couldn't cool off the engine, you know. Mm. Like he he started sulking, he freaks out, then she starts freaking out. And then he gets madder and madder. And then they, they just got to a point where they couldn't resolve it. Um, so, yeah, to, to, I guess, put a bookend on your on my long answer, I think he probably 
could have reacted differently to, I just love staring at you and yeah. the whole thing I've never heard. <laughs> I mean, he, he could have even joked about it and said something yeah. like, really, that's how you're going to answer? Give me, yeah. no, give me something that's a little bit more with substance. You. You're special too. <laughs> a lot of people are saying Greg was unreasonable, that he's insecure, that he was way too hard on Katie. He was berating he wasn't respecting her boundaries. He acted like a baby. A lot of people are saying that no, that's too. Not, that's nonsense. She, you look, you, you got a condensed time frame. You're in it to win it. You feel a certain way. You go for broke. I, I think what he did was perfectly fine. And I think it was a sincere effort to close the deal. But I also think, like I said earlier, he presupposed the, the ending before mm-hmm. he didn't think he was going to react that way. And he, clearly got his feelings bent out of shape when she didn't react the way he expected. Did you expect him to leave the show? Yes. Oh, I did not. I thought he was just going to get mad and after all that. Well, no, not after all that, but like coming into the show last night before watching it, I didn't expect it to end with him leaving. I, 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 I agree with that, but I thought, um, Again, when she said, I love looking at you, I think I almost gasped. I, I, like, I know oh, I gasped. Yeah. <laughs> that was followed by something pretty sincere. We have a problem. You, can, you can look at his face. Like it's just, yes. I mean, like frame, you know, 50 yes. is him smiling and I love you. And frame 51 is. Is like, the lights turned out. Remember how his mother just kept saying, oh, you've turned the lights back on. You've yeah. turned them back on. And he kept saying, you fill a hole that my father left. It was just horrible for her to say, like looking at you, because that's even just surfacey bleh. She should have said, you know, you have such a great heart or something, yeah. <laughs> something instead you know, of, I like looking at you. I have a new money-making side business. Maybe uh, what do you call those things? Etsy shops or something? Sure. <laughs> I hate green beans. I think you need to do a limited edition. I hate green bean shirt. And on the front you have the, I hate green beans logo uh-huh. and back. It says, I just like looking at you. <laughs> That was the title of my recap. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be my new, you know, whenever Mrs. Guy gets all super. No, angry. don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. I, I, I sucked in air in an audible <gasps> when he said, when she said, I just like looking at you. And then the other one was the thing you said when she walked up to him, she, he, left and she frantically followed him and she found him sitting in a chair and then she presses her boobs to his face and says i just want to hug you we all went no thank you it's wrong Uh, yes no she she didn't handle that well at all and um but you we've all been in that situation where one one comment one look one one thing can just change your emotions immediately and i said i think he was being authentic but if you think about it, he had never told anyone any of those things about his dad and mm-hmm. all of that stuff sort of pushed out and ready to, ready to come out. And he went for broke. And some of those things that he said may seem flippant, like, you know, I haven't felt this way. You know, I've never talked about my dad. But that goes to the very core of, you know, who he is and what he cares about as yeah. a person. I mean, just have her blow it off. 
Um, I think some of that reaction is understandable. Although again, I think he, he went overboard and sort of created his own misery once she realized she couldn't calm him down. Yeah. And family means everything to him with his father gone, his mom's there, there was a brother there. And then the two sisters and all their kiddos, they sent video messages and he's weeping through the whole thing. Justin who got like a text message from his parents. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to say, I'll give you $5 if you can tell me the name of the other guy that's in this episode. I think was, that was Justin's parents on the phone. I think it was like some producer and his girlfriend. I was like, man, we just didn't want to show up for this guy. Or, you know, no, it was totally his parents. They were going, no, son. Mm-mm. No, this is dumb. We're not doing this. Yeah, we're not showing up. <laughs> uh, okay, I have some questions for you that I would like for you to pontificate. I can't wait. Why do you think the showrunners had an in memoriam B-roll package to Greg at the end of the episode? I, I don't know. It was odd, wasn't it? Yes. Was it supposed to be funny? Or do you think they're trying to butter the audience up for us to like him and remember their love story fondly? No, I, I, I think whatever, whatever, whatever the intent was, it missed. You know, okay. it, Somebody makes an off-color joke, and they're the only one that laughs. And you're like, "Oh, that wasn't funny." But no, I don't, I don't know. Um, but maybe they're trying to get him to be the next Bachelor. I don't know. I mean, well, it certainly would be an excellent story, wouldn't it? That was my next question, based on what you said earlier about how Greg said everything a girl just wants to hear. Do you think his response and emotions? were enough to land him a position as a future bachelor? Or do you think too many people hate him? I know you're not, you're on Twitter, but you don't go on Twitter a whole lot, but it is just, it truly is out there how people are just dogging on Katie and dogging on Greg. I don't know. It's amazing what, I mean, it's amazing how personally people take a TV show, but um, I don't know. Look, I don't, I think he's the wrong, I think that, what's what's the other guy's name? Andrew. Uh, Andrew, yeah. I think he's he's the more logical pick just because he's away from the drama. Mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he's a, he left on a positive note. He's a positive guy. He's funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you think, uh, even if they offered it, you think Greg would come back and do it again? I don't know. He may not have the heart for it. But yeah. I mean, he may be want to be uh intimately involved in the selection of candidates, you know, just to make sure, but I don't know. I just, I can't figure Katie out. She seems so grounded and pure mm. and all that when she was yep. lecturing people on the other season, Mike James's season or Matt James's season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and she just, I thought, frankly, when, when they were talking, I thought both of them seemed immature. Mm. Um, but her most of all, I thought Greg, just let his emotions get the best of him once yeah. he once, once his heart was squeezed dry. You know, <laughs> it's just wrung That's out, a, just wrung right. out. <laughs> it was, um, I, I thought the same thing, except Laura and I were talking about how it just seemed uncharacteristic of Katie not to say anything. Cause I mm-hmm. feel like she always has, I feel like she's been smart and kind in all of this process or she, you know, she's always been very logical and calm about everything for the most part. 
Now she's done a lot of crying, but she does crying on her in, in her own time. I just felt it was very, very odd that she sat there the entire time. Here's my next question. There's footage of Katie going on a date with Blake where there's that big, huge puppet man that's on fire. It's burning. Have you seen that in the promos? Yes. So obviously that's from the finale, right? Doesn't that have to be during the finale? I think it does. We're running out of shows. Well, yeah, tomorrow's, I mean, next week is the finale. And so she doesn't get her plane ticket back to Seattle, which is how we ended the episode last night. So something is happening. Blake is a master of showing up at opportune times. Maybe he, maybe he heard the ruckus and he goes over to comfort her in some way. And then she realizes that things happen for a reason and Blake's the person she's supposed to be with. Do you think she goes on a fantasy suite with both Blake and Justin? Um, that's a great question. No. Okay. So how do you think Justin bugs out? I think he gets the, um, uh, the knock at the door and she's in jeans and a flannel shirt. Like when she put the other guy home, whoever I've already forgotten his name. Connor the cat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you also notice that, uh, was it, was it, uh, the sister Blake's sister when mm-hmm. she was like, dude, you've fallen in love like a hundred times. That was awesome. By the That's way. when I was thought, I love her. I love her so much. She yeah. said, this is the one now. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting across from her at Thanksgiving? I mean, good Lord. Love it. She looked um, like a Jungle Cruise skipper in her khaki. Well, what I was going to say was she imitated Connor the Cat's rolled up sleeve look. For women, but she did look like, are, are you going to go see the new Jungle Cruise uh, movie? Already did. Wow. How is it? It's wonderful. Yeah. The Rock. Does The Rock save everybody? I love The Rock when he's funny. Love it. Love it. I went with Jill. You know, she was a Jungle Cruise skipper with me. And oh. We sat by each other. We went through a lot of people were there. Stephanie and Connie and Todd and me and Jill. But we sat by each other in the whole beginning of the show. We were going, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. We could just finish his lines. It was so awesome. <laughs> and Emily Blunt was totally based off me. Did you know that? Her character. Oh, I didn't know that. When uh-huh. are your royalty checks coming in? I, any day now. <laughs> Um, by the way, I will say this. I, I don't like like Mary Poppins or whatever, you know, like I, that's just not my kind of thing to watch. Mm-hmm. But um, she deserved a freaking Oscar for that. Um, I, I ended up having to watch it because Mrs. Some Guy forced me to. <laughs> okay. And um, she's, I mean, I just thought of her as just some actress, you know. And then I saw that and she was fantastic. In Wasn't that. she? That yeah. was a, that was a big shoes to fill too. Yeah. And I know. Andrews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She did a great job. I, I, in fact, I mean, like I said, I had no expectations going in. I just thought of her. I don't, I couldn't name anything else she's in, but I remember watching that thinking, wow, she's really, you know, she's singing and dancing and connecting. And I mean, I you don't she- watch that scary movie that she's in. The oh, silent, whatever, silent no, hush. She's married to, what's his face, right? John, John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when was the first time you saw that guy with a shirt off? Were you, I, I mean, I was shocked. He was when, in that, um, Jack, that Ryan. Jake, Jack, Jack Ryan thing. Mm-hmm. Jake Ryan, totally different movie. Jake Ryan, either one, had great abs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember, it was like the first episode, and the guy walks out shirtless, and I'm like, holy cow. The guy's I been know. Working. He didn't look like that when he was Jim Halpert. No, not at all. He's in he's in great freaking shape. But um, yeah. So 
uh, Quiet Place. That's Quiet the- Place. That's it. No way in hell I'm going to go see that. Well, I don't like scary movies. I never have. Um, mm-hmm. My brother and my mom used to watch them, and I was always sent out of the room because I would. Nightmares. I should tell you more about my brother and my mom than me. But, um, <laughs> the fact that he was like seven years old watching Amityville Horror with my mom. I had nightmares about the crow. The Brandon Lee movie? Yes. <laughs> it's a comic book. <laughs> that should tell you a lot about me. <laughs> you know what, what movie was uh, made a jillion dollars, but I thought was incredibly overrated? It was Blair Witch Project. You ever see that? Oh, no. It, it, it didn't scare me, but it made me nauseous. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Literally like somebody running around with a GoPro the entire time. And if you, if you, it, I saw it in the theater because there was all this hype on it. I'm like, oh, I'll go look at it. And it, it didn't, it wasn't particularly scary. And it made, it literally made me sick. Like, I mean, they got to stop shaking the camera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the scary part of the movie is you don't know where to throw up. <laughs> were, were you scared of the tornado in The Wizard of Oz? No, but I was, I did, I have to admit, I was pretty freaked out by the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, but She's you know scary. what? Well, you know, but let's let's examine this for a minute. Mm-hmm. If your sister had a house dropped on her, and somebody stole her shoes and then ran around with them, I think you might be a little wicked. Mm, you would be, but there's a reason why she's wicked. Haven't you seen the play Wicked? No, I haven't. It tells you exactly why she's wicked and why the lion is cowardly and why the tin man is a tin man. It's great. Defying gravity. not what I'm talking about, do you? No, I don't. And when I say popular, lar, that you don't know what that means? No. What are these, are these Wizard of Oz references? <laughs> Wicked reference. Oh, no, I don't know. I'm not a show tunes guy. I, <laughs> yes, you are. You are too. You take that back right now, I, mister. I watch Grease every time it's on TV. No, but I, I don't get like uh, Angeloid Weber stuff. I don't get like cats and stuff. I, I went to... Um, I will tell you though, I did see my aunt. My my God rest her soul was a. Uh, she lives in or in New York, and she worked in Manhattan. And she was a big Broadway fan. And so whenever we would go visit, she would always get tickets to whatever, you know, whatever big show. And so I did see Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. And uh, although I don't like show tunes and sung dialogue, they they landed like this helicopter on yeah. the stage. It was, I mean, just the, just the whole production was amazing to watch. So I can appreciate that, but I'm not running around, you know, with a, with an Android Rebel CD in my car or on my iPod or whatever and, and jogging to, you know, this is the moment. What is that? What show is that from? This is my, my final test. That No, no, no. Come on. It's, uh, it might be Miss Saigon. This is the moment? Yeah, I think that's from Miss Saigon. 
anyway. Sing something from West Side Story. Um, now, I'll tell you what I like about West Side Story. <laughs> the so, snapping. When, when, when Maria, when Tony and Maria are separated and then he realizes he loves her, he's running through Spanish Harlem yelling Maria at the top of his lungs. I'm like, you got to narrow it down, man. Like every, every girl in Spanish Harlem is named Maria. Sing something from Moana. Um, I've been standing by the edge of the water. Sing something from Sound of Music. Um, I am 16, going on 17. That one and then the Dory Me one, I know. Then I know, uh, oh, what's the one? Edelweiss. And then. Uh... <laughs> what's your favorite song from Greece? I might be a show tunes guy. You are definitely a show tunes guy. If someone can utter the sentence, Tony is running through Spanish Harlem to find Maria, you are a show tunes guy, my friend. Shakespeare play, which is what Julia is. and Juliet. I'm going to send you a Spotify playlist that you're going to love. Yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of like cats. Like that never made any sense to me. All right, let me get back to my questions. I just have a few more. I just have a few more. Let's talk about Bachelorette. Um, if Blake is the last man standing, do you think he gets mad when he watches this episode of Katie's breakdown and saying, I want to go home, get my ticket home? Do you think that affects him in any way? I think it depends on two things. Number one is, you know, there's a lag between the time they film this and edit it. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to go into like secret hiding and all that stuff. Like, uh, and then even if you want to break up, you've got to tell the producers and they have to get a whole camera crew to your secret love. <laughs> right. like they did with Ari and what's your face. Yeah. Um, so um, there's that lag in time where let's just assume they're getting along and everything's progressing I think if he watches at that point and Katie hasn't been honest about it during that black hole time, mm. then that could pose a problem. Um, okay. But mad is probably the wrong word. I think if, if I were in that situation, I'd be more hurt if I was second True. place, you know. Do you think the season ends with a proposal? Yes. And it's Blake? That's what I think. We have not seen any kind of proposal environment in any of the promos yeah well he's not going to go all colton i mean not coming out of the closet i mean he's he's not going to like do the thing where he says i think we should just date i don't think that happens i think he's got it he's got to ask he's got to propose i think it does end with a proposal have we seen neil lane we have not seen neil lane either uncle neil has not been in any of the promos and just for the record that you and i've been doing this a long time this is the first season we are at odds, I think. Yeah. I mean, not I like literally, but we just disagree on what, what happens. I think Blake, I think that guy wants to get married so bad he can taste it. Well, that was an interesting part of his hometown is his sister, who we love, says to him, you like Claire, then you're in love with Tasha. Now you're in love with Katie. Um, are you going to marry her? And he's like, yo, without a doubt, this is going to end a proposal. And then she says, have you told her you love her? And he goes, no, <laughs> no, I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say it until I feel it. And she goes, but it's going to end in a proposal. He goes, yeah. 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 So he doesn't, he's just playing the game. I don't think he likes her as much as he's saying. Well, I like the sister though. She, she told it like it was, and she totally was self-aware of, Gosh, I'm on this stupid show, and I've got. 
is. Do you think Greg shows up at after the final rose and says that he would like a shot with Katie? These are all great questions. I haven't even pondered Um, because you know, you know, I'm not coming to you from Austin, right? I'm, I'm, I've got a really busy week and I'm in Dallas. And so I haven't had my usual routine to sit around and think about this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I could see that happening, but I could also see him going full Ben Flangic and just washing his hands of the show. Okay. Do you remember that one press conference when they finally had to just admit that he was he was horrible because they couldn't like hide what a jerk he was? Oh, yeah. Do you that remember was, that one? That was the uh, Women Tell All that I went to, and he was supposed to go through the media room for some reason. Huffington Post sent me there, and he was supposed to go through the meeting room, and he was in the actual meeting room, and I was by the LA Times girl, and he was like, I don't want to do this. Do I have to go and talk to all these reporters? And the LA Times girl goes, we can all hear you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> He's such a dork. And Harrison was supposed to come through too, but he got food poisoning, allegedly. Oh, please. Was he Lauren Zima disease. Uh, well. um, no comment. Do you think that Greg will have to come? Do you think he's contractually obligated to come? I think there's a part of him that wants to, because I think, you know, look, I, I think he, you cannot help but feel like he bared his soul on yeah. national TV. And I think that was, again, like I said earlier, his reaction to, I just love to look at you, yeah. um, was understandable considering what that probably took inside for him to do. Yeah. Um, so maybe he would feel the need to come and say, look, that was uncool. And this is what, I don't know. He seemed like a good dude, but. Yeah. Uh, there thought- was also a point in his hometown date. I don't know if you caught this where he told either his mom or Michael Phelps that they were, they had already talked about moving to New York or she was moving to New York or something yeah. like that. There's a lot of like, um, I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities for them as they're going on their walks or whatever to discuss stuff. And, you know, again, they're, they're tied to a resort. So it's not like she's gone, you know, on her jet for one day or what, you know, like they do in, in normal seasons or they're traveling and it's lag time. They're just stuck there. I'm sure there's a lot of off the camera conversations that happen. If she's telling them stuff like that, um, you know, and he goes full speed toward the, the, the goal line, she can't really blame him. Do you think that if she, if that hadn't happened and somehow they had, you know, still had the fight, but he didn't leave and he was still there, that she would pick him at the end over Blake? Maybe. I don't know. I just, I still don't see what she sees in Blake. I don't see the connection. Do you? No, not at all. I think it's all physical and she just can't help but like that. She just likes guys that look like Disney characters. (laughs) like a fetish thing maybe she liked the rock <laughs> who doesn't like the rock I tell you, I, you know, when he was wrestling um i i, I loved him when he was wrestling just because he you know, he had personality he was super funny he could talk trash like oh yeah Blair and um he had the people's eyebrow that would go up loved it elbow remember the people's elbow people's and he, elbow if you smell what the rock is cooking yeah. Loved well, speaking, of, speaking of that, if you look at pictures of him, you know, when he's in his twenties and thirties, he, he looks worse than he does now. The I guy's know. All, 
in old freaking shape. And I don't want to speculate as to what that could be, but obviously the guy, regardless of what he puts in his system, he eats right and he, you know, works out quite a bit. He's in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. I did see a movie. I saw Guy Ritchie's new movie the other night, The The Wrath of Man with Jason Statham. Okay. Um, very disappointing. Well, very disappointing. I've never heard of it. Oh, that's well, that's why, because it's terrible. Speaking of terrible, so <laughs> where are we with Justin? I'm worried about Justin. <laughs> I feel sorry for poor Justin. Justin is so tertiary. It's not even funny. But don't you feel feel like they're going to shut down the whole production? They're going to be packing up like the, the, the sound truck and everything. And they're going to be halfway down the freeway from Tamaya Resort on their way back to L.A. And someone's going to go, did anyone tell Justin we're done filming? Like he's just going to be sitting in his room texting his parents. Waiting, waiting for the knock at the door to talk to Katie. <laughs> you are 16, going on 17. Baby, it's time to think. Better beware, be canny and careful. Baby, you're on the brink. You are 16, going on 17. Hey, thank y'all for listening. And thank you, some guy in Austin, for detailed insight on hometowns. Here's a big shout out to last night's game for helping us with our bachelorette bracket. We do this every season and it's so much fun. We only have one more week, so good luck to those who are playing. If you'd like to read a recap of the hometown episode of Katie's season, head on over to IHateGreenBeans.com for years and years and years and decades of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes and subscribe. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there until we're together again. Love you, mean it. Texas forever. Dandies, drinkers of brandies What do I know of those? Totally unprepared am I To face a world of men Timid and shy and scared am I Of things beyond my ken I-